Hello everybody, it's Terry Mize. You know, I was raised in West Texas back in the 50s and 60s. So I had to deal with the rattlesnakes all the time. I mean, walking to school, walking back from school, uh, going outside to play, uh, walking out in my backyard, going in the garage. I had a friend of mine even uh, went to take a shower and tried to shut the shower curtain and it wouldn't shut. And he looks up and there's a rattlesnake wrapped around the shower. I mean, I hate them, I despise them. And when I see a rattlesnake back then and today, it, it creates a visceral reaction on the inside of me. It makes me mad. In fact, I never met a rattlesnake I didn't kill. That's, I, I carry my little friend with me here. If I met one today, I'd kill him today. And that's the way I feel about cancer. That's the way I feel about HIV. Somebody comes up to me in the prayer line and they say, Brother Terry, I've got cancer. Brother Terry, the doctor says I'm going to die. It makes me so mad. Not at the person, at the sickness and disease because Jesus paid for our healing. Uh, we don't just have promises of healing in the Bible. We have purchases of healing in the Bible. Jesus paid in blood for our healing from every sickness, every disease. Psalms 91 says, no plague, no plague, no plague. Come nigh your dwelling. God hates sickness. Jesus hates sickness. I hate sickness. And I expect you to hate sickness. And we have to deal with it in the name of Jesus. The power of life and death, says the Bible, is in the tongue. So we need to decree death. Speak death to COVID. Speak death to cancer. Speak death to, to HIV. Speak death to leukemia, to lupus. You don't coexist with it. You don't say, well, I won't bother you and he won't bother me. No, a rattlesnake doesn't play that way. Neither does disease. You don't, you don't coexist with it. You curse it and speak death to it. And then by the same scripture, you speak life to yourself and life to the people you're praying for. The Zoe life of God. Thanks for this time. God bless you. You're more than conquerors. is watching the earth all the time looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. We are just, as always, delighted that you have joined us. It's such an honor to have you with us here on Terry Mize Ministries program, More Than Conquerors. We are yes, just, we are. Uh, you know, living the dream in regard to God's promises and all that he's done. 55 years, darling, you've been on the job. And counting. And counting. And we are delighted, honored that God has allowed us and called us to do the work of God, which is the big title in the earth, and that we are all involved in doing the work of God. And we need to show great value and great honor for what the Lord is doing. You know, if it hadn't been for Jesus, where would we all where be? Where would we be? If it hadn't been for the promises that we find in the word of God, we would be of all men. I'm telling you, Terry, on our way to hell with no hope, no joy, no peace, nothing but torment in our soul, sickness in our body, poverty in our lives, 
I mean, Terry, my goodness well, but no gracious. hope, No hope for the future. <clears throat> That's why Easter is so vitally important. It's the greatest holiday and no holy day on a Christian's no calendar. Paul said if it wasn't for Easter, you know, we'd be of all men, we'd be of all men most miserable. Most but not only that, we, we would just perish. Well, and, and I always think about in Ephesians 4, I think it is, or Galatians 5. I've got to go back and check my references here. But it says, Paul said, you weren't just uh, in the darkness. You were the darkness. He says, you were darkness. You were in the world. <clears throat> he says, without hope and without away hope. from God. Hope's a big deal. Hope is a big deal. And that's why we, we always want to you know, leave you with hope and expectation a confidence that God's going to work on your behalf. We don't always know what the clock or the calendar is going to do. You know, we can't be moved by what's on either side of the decimal point, but we can have our confidence in the Lord and have a hope that God is working even when we don't feel it, when we don't see it, mm -hmm. because we, we put the word of God in our heart and the word of God always builds hope. Yes, it, it does. It always builds an expectation. So, we are just thrilled to be able to share that good news with you about the work of God, about what God is doing, and you're all part of that. You're in the work. You're in the body of Christ. But you, know, so, but you know the way we feel, uh, and Christians like us, right. the way we feel about the Word of God um, is so different than what I see the church feeling about it today. A lot of church people today, in a lot of the new generation, they just kind of think, well, it's a good book, or it's nice, or it's this, or it's a book of suggestions, or it's a, you know, we feel like it is a solid foundation oh my, yes. <laughs> that we build everything on, That's right. and everything we do, we right. point back to a scripture and say, right. well, we do this because God said this, right. well, we do this because God said that, we don't do this because God said don't do that. You know, right. if God said it was a sin, it still is. Right. He didn't like sin then, he didn't like sin now. And if God said to do something, he still wants us to do it. If he That's said right. don't do something, he still doesn't want us to do it. That's right. So, but there are people today that say, well, you know, Brother Terry, the Word, the, the Bible's a, a living document, yeah. and a living organism, and it, it ebbs and flows and changes with the, the times. times. No, it does not. No, it, it, it doesn't. It, it God said, I am yes. the Lord, I change not. <laughs> you know, Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. Right. I mean, Jesus said not one jot or one tittle of this book will pass. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. Everything else will fall by the wayside, but this, Boy, this will not change. That's and right. so we see it that way. We That's see right. it that we run our life by it. And we That's say, well, right. I'm, I'm not going to do that because the word says it, or I'm right. going to do this because the word says it. Where uh, other different brands of Christianity just say, well, you know, it, it's almost like Islam. You know, uh, I, I read so much things about Islam and talked to, to uh, Muslim people and sometimes, and you know, they're not supposed to drink, right? Uh, and, and alcohol, but but some of them will say, uh, well, you know, as far as drinking, I, I've discovered one of the great mercies of Allah is that is that He understands the frailties and the weaknesses of men, so it's okay. Yeah. And I said, well, that's kind of like the Jesus doesn't care doctrine. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like preachers that I know that preach preach an extreme perverted message of grace right. uh, where where they just, I call it the Jesus doesn't care doctrine. And Jesus just loves me so much and I'm just his favorite. And Jesus just just has so much grace and so much love that, that he really doesn't care what I do. I mean, I can sin if I want to and not sin if I don't want to. And it's okay. God loves me. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't look at it that way. No. We, 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 we don't say, we would don't say he doesn't love us. He always loves us. 
But exactly. it's like I told my kids, Renee, growing up, and like I tell my grandkids, uh, I will love you unconditionally all your life. Exactly. I'm your father. I'm your grandfather. I don't care if you rob a bank. I'll love you. I don't care if you murder somebody. I'll love you. I don't care if you uh, go to some perverted lifestyle. I'll love you. I'm your father. I, I love you unconditionally. I will always love you. Yes. But, but, here's the but. There's the caveat. But. I will not approve of things that you do right. if they're not according with the Word of God. Right. And if I don't approve, I will tell you so. I'll be vocal about it. Right. And I'll tell you, I love you, but I don't approve of your lifestyle. I love you, but I don't approve of what exactly. you did. I love you, but I don't approve of you yeah, robbing just, that bank or you murdering that person. Uh, and, yeah. and, and here's the kick, here's the kicker that Christians do not understand today. Blessings right. come with approval, not with love. That's so. I'm your father. I'm your grandfather. Parent. I love you, but if I don't approve of your lifestyle, I'm not going to bless it. Renee and I just wanted to pop in and bless you and speak a blessing over you and tell you about a resource that's available to you. I recently did a message uh, at a church that uh, the pastors had asked me to minister on the supernatural, on the miraculous. And uh, Renee and I both felt like that the Holy Spirit just showed up and, and did a good job. Uh, we called it, uh, where are you from? You know, are you from this this world here? Or are you from the heavenly world? And, and I think you get a hold of it, it'll bless you, it'll minister to you, and uh, you'll learn some things about miracles. Well, it was so profound in that um, we have to realize that we are living in a realm where we're surrounded by the natural, but yet we're called upon, Terry, like you taught, to live out of the supernatural absolutely, realm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you probably hadn't heard anything like this before. I asked some pretty pointed questions that uh, I think will be a blessing to you. Sure will. The details are on the screen on how you can get it. Order the CD with shipping and handling or download instantly at terrymize.com. If I don't approve of your lifestyle, I'm not going to bless it. Right. I'll, I will withhold my blessings. And so does God. He tells us all through the Bible that if exactly. you do this, you'll be blessed. Right. If you say this, you'll be blessed. If you act according to this, you'll be blessed. The blessings right. come with you doing the word or God's approval. Exactly. But you can't just go out here and, and live like you want to. And you're not going to cut off the love of God. He loves right. you. He'll always love you. Right. But he's not going to bless you well, that's right. for that's sin. Right. He's not going to bless you. for. And I'm not going to bless my kids. Right. You know, um, I mean, if they come to me and they're a drug addict, and they say, hey, Dad, would you give me some money for drugs? And I say, no. I thought you loved me. I do love you. Yeah. But I don't approve, and I'm not going to contribute. I'm not going to put blessing on something I don't approve of. It's right. something that's contrary right. to the Word of God, and I'm not going to just give you money to kill yourself. Well, a lot of parents get get um, confused. That should help a lot of people. If you yeah, listen to what really. I just said, there's a vast difference between love and approval and blessings. The blessings come with the approval, they don't just come with the love. Of course you love them. Right. But you're not going to bless what you don't approve of and what's not in line with the Word of God. Well, and, and that principle throughout the Word of God will work in government. Of it course. It will work in business. Of course. It will work in politics. It will work in, in parenting, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. And so that whole dynamic of, of rewards versus obedience, yeah, you know, and all sure. of those things, the, the facets of all of sure. that. Sure is so important because it's back to your point that um, 
the word is solid. That's our reference point. Yes, that's yes. our coping stone. It is a that's solid rock. Yeah, that's the foundation. It's a sure foundation. And like, I think it's Hebrews, Terry. I'm trying to think where the reference is in that scripture that it says that the word of God is the steadfast anchor of the soul, like in mm -hmm. your basics of faith when yeah. you're teaching on sure. faith anchor. Sure, 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 faith anchor. Everything has to be anchored. <clears throat> no, it does. It has to be. Yeah, Jesus didn't say go into all the world and have an opinion. He said go into all the world and preach the steadfast anchor exactly. of the soul. Yeah, and, and I've said for decades, word. you can't, faith doesn't have a basis exactly. to operate on. Miracles exactly. don't have a basis to operate on unless you can point to a scripture and exactly. an anchor or a post right. and say, I believe this because of this. This. It's not an opinion. When, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, belief. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, it is written. He was anchored oh, wow. to the word, yeah, which no was the Old Testament at that time. And he said, it is written. And he gave him a little script, three little scriptures out of Deuteronomy. Out of Deuteronomy. And beat him, beat the devil, devil with three little scriptures three. out of Deuteronomy. I just think Because that was his anchor. He was anchored to that foundation. Yeah, no joke. And he said, I'm not going to move over here because I'm anchored here. Wow. And then the devil even gave him a scripture. He said, well, why don't you jump down off the temple here? Because after yeah. all, Psalms 91, God promised to give the angels charge over you to lift you up lest you dash your foot against the stone, which is Bible. Wow. But because Jesus was anchored here, he said, no, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So in other words, Jesus is saying, you don't violate one principle exactly. of the word of God. To make another one work, right. you don't violate one promise to make another work. Well, and usually that's out of the lust of the flesh or the lust of the sure, eyes or sure. the pride of life that somebody's trying to trying to twist and maneuver. Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, well, I know Allah does. You know, we're not supposed to drink, but He understands. He the, understands the weaknesses of men. The lust of the eyes, the yeah. lust of the flesh, <laughs> and the pride of life. That we would rather do all of that. Yeah. You know. Well, I, you know, I wanted to. Um, get back on this and talk to you some more about uh, your new book coming out, uh, Pulling Down Strongholds. Sure. You have taught uh, now for over 50 years. Oh, yeah. The first time, because you and I have talked about this since we've been married, that, um, you know, now almost, what, 50 years ago, 40 years ago or so, you taught that first title, Pulling Down Strongholds, and that convention in Detroit. That you sure. Oh, yeah. 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 And you, excuse me, um, you literally uh, preached that for the first time. Right. Right? Right, right, right. Yeah. I was preaching at a convention right. in Dearborn, Michigan, yeah. and uh, at a big convention center, and um, uh, I was praying about what to preach, you know, praying about the service that night, right. and the Lord dropped that in my heart to preach it. And and I hadn't preached it before, but I yeah. got up and preached it that night, and it was a resounding success. It was anointed, thank God. Uh, it was Holy Ghost, thank God. People were were excited, delighted. They got yeah. help, they got healed, they got blessed. They people they came to me after service said, "Do you have that written down? Is that a book?" And I had them come to me for years afterward. I mean, yeah. even still today, there's some of those people well, I'll see, sold, and they said, "Did you ever make a book out of that message and pulling down strongholds?" Well, and I say, "Well, sold the CDs and tape, tapes, oh yeah, and CDs, oh, forever yeah. oh yeah, about it." And you and I went back and listened to it. Sure, that same. It's so, really good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, your voice is higher. <laughs> My voice is higher. You no, know, and uh, but it's. So I wasn't, but about maybe thirty. Yeah. You know, when I preached that, 19, yeah. 1980, maybe, 81. Yeah. No, and here you 30 are. or 31. And, and then you did the transcript. You had it transcribed. Right. So you could start the book from that. Sure, sure. You know, and do that. But you're, uh, I find it extremely interesting, Terry, that you came at it 
from the standpoint of like what it says there in Second Corinthians ten four and five mm-hmm. that it the pulling down of strongholds yes. is yes. for the mind exactly in the New Testament. Right. God's not using the reference of a castle or a right. hill or a fortress. Yeah, or... and I made the point a couple of weeks ago in the program that, that yeah. the, the, the word stronghold is used over 50 times in the Old Testament. Yeah. But it's That's always talking point. about a physical place, a location, right. a, a high place, a, a defendable place, a, right. a castle, a fortress, right. uh, someplace you can defend it. But but it's only used once in the New Testament, and and that's talking metaphorically about a stronghold. But it's in your mind, mind, and uh, and 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 so he tells us you must arrest every thought that comes to your mind that's against against Jesus. You must cast down every imagination that exalts itself, every high thing it says that exalts itself wants to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, it wants to argue with Jesus. It wants to argue with the Word. When you say when when you say when people say hey uh, you're you're going to get COVID you're going to get flu you're going to get polio you're going to get cancer your medicine in the summer so you yeah. have it in the winter well that's a high thing that's coming against you against yeah. the word of God right and you say no 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 I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus right and so so you have to arrest that you have to pull that cast that down right and then he said and you need to pull down strongholds because when that stronghold we've said all along. That a thought entertained out of control becomes an imagination. An imagination entertained or out of control becomes a stronghold. Now you got trouble. And so, exactly so, right. and I started that off that sermon, yeah, talk about uh, which is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, started that uh, off telling people that, that historically Americans, uh, the American Christian, yes. have run from anything to do with the mind. That's right. I mean, anytime you mention the mind, they just kind of go, ah, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they, they don't want to hear it. Back in because they're, they, they seem to be afraid they're going to yeah. get into some demonic thing of mind control or mind over matter or. Or something like that. New age. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, God has a lot to say about the mind. Yes, and that's what does. Paul was talking about, that you're right. going to have to do, you're going to have to do housekeeping, personal housekeeping, right. and sweep out your mind, sweep out those ungodly thoughts, those negative thoughts, those high things that exalt themselves. And you're going to have to get, get a hold of that and control that. And so, so I gave him a bunch of scriptures, you know, and I've got, I've got some of them here out of the book. Uh, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Well, what's he talking about? When you renew your mind, renew it to what? Renew it to the word of God. Quit thinking like the world right. and go see what the word says and then renew your mind to that. That's how I'm going to think. Well, and every new Christian, every new Christian mm-hmm. has to start doing that. Has right to renew way. his mind to the word. Very first day. Because you've been trained all your life to live by your senses, right, by right. how I feel, how I, what I smell, what I hear, what I taste, what I touch. The and lust it, of the eyes, the lust exactly. of the, the pride of your life. Exactly. You know? All a, those things are ruling. Sure. You live like a baby. I want, I want. If I want it, yeah, I, I want right. it, you know. And and so the Philippians 2, 5, let this mind well, be in you. That's a command. Let yeah. this mind be in well, you that's also in Christ Jesus. Good. He doesn't say ask God to put it in you. He said you let it be there. Yeah. You take on and then Philippians two five or or, or uh, First Corinthians two sixteen. We have the mind of Christ. That's so isn't that powerful. Phenomenal. The Apostle Paul said we have we have the mind, the mind of Christ. We what can think like, like we can How think like him. Yeah. yeah. We start thinking like him. We don't think like the devil. We don't think like the world. Right. We don't think like the mere men. We don't think like our neighbors. We don't think right. like the news. We think like Jesus. Right. Well, right here, we have the mind of exactly, Christ. Exactly. We have the mind of Christ. Exactly. This is it right here. And then 1 Corinthians one ten: be perfectly joined together in the same mind. 
Matthew twenty two thirty seven. You shall love the Lord your God. With this is the commandment, the big commandment Jesus gave us. You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Hallelujah. So there's all these scriptures. I give you lots more about the mind. And yet Christians have run from those saying, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to hear about the mind. I don't want to hear. Well, but we're a three part being. That's right. We are a spirit. We've talked about this a few <laughs> weeks ago on the program. We are a spirit. You are a spirit. Yeah. Renee Mize is a spirit. You're yes. not a body. But you 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 have a soul, right. and then you live in a body, and then when this body doesn't work anymore, and we have to bury it, Renee right. Mize doesn't die; she no, doesn't quit, right. cease to exist. Hallelujah. She just has to move, and the only two places to move are heaven or hell. And since you're a born again Christian, you're moving to heaven. Hallelujah. If you're not a born again Christian, like we was talking earlier, with Gracious. no hope, Gracious. you'd go to hell. God. And so there's people packed in hell today that oh. that weren't born again that that, that, that reject God. Yeah. And so their when their body died and they had to move to hell. So that's why we're in the soul saving business. Yes. <laughs> Our job is to win souls. That's all. Save you know? souls. Jesus right. died to save sinners. This Jesus died be. to save souls. Yeah, this should God's not willing any should perish. It shouldn't this Christianity we're talking about. Mm -hmm. This should not be controversial. No, no. It should be the, the most intelligent choice. Sure. That someone makes sure to that. I don't want to go to a devil's hell. I want to live forever Absolutely. in the goodness of God with my family. I mean, this should not be something that is that is in any way offensive. And we ought to be smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, when you're talking about this that night that you preach that, I just always think back to if I'd have been there in that service, I would have realized, um, hopefully, at my young age, I mean, we'd have both been, you know, 30, sure. uh, that it would have been, my goodness, how long have I been a Christian mm -hmm. and I have not taken advantage of this? Mm -hmm. I have not pulled down the strongholds mm -hmm. of things that maybe I right. grew up with. Right. Things Even in church. Fear in, in the word. I mean, fear in, in the world yeah. about, you know, things and. Maybe somebody's not going to love me or somebody's not going to honor me or I'm going to be disrespected or how do I raise these two little boys? Mm -hmm. You know, all of these these fears that that Christians really uh, I know we, we agree on this. Christians really are not going to act much different after they're born again if they don't do what? No, if they, if they don't change their mind. If they don't. You know, you know your husband, Dean Garner, my dear friend for 40 years, yeah. said that all the time. He said, you're not. It, not much is going to change in, in a person's life after they get saved than it was before they got saved unless they renew their mind, their mind. to the Word and make some changes in their thinking. I mean, this was groundbreaking preaching mm -hmm. back in the 70s, oh, yeah. late 70s oh, and yeah. early, because people did not well, You know, Dean and I both mind. preached a lot of stuff back in those days yeah. that we were kind of ahead of our time. Yeah. <laughs> because the church looked at us and said, what? You know, they just tilt, tilt, tilt. Well, we grabbed it first. Yeah, that's right. From Brother Hagen. Oh, absolutely. We, we grabbed it first from sure. that had gone. But then we went into studying the words. Now, well, looky here, we look here. We got it for ourselves at, because, as we said, I think, on two or three programs before, 
We were so desperate. Well, and every time you and Dean and we Jackie and I would get together, we immediately started talking about the Word. Said, "Hey, did y'all see this? Yeah. You know, hey, did you see this? Hey, we did you see this? We found this scripture here. Did y'all see this? Yeah. And we'd set we'd set up for all hours. We'd stay up to talking about in the morning, talking about that. Poor little boy laying on the floor, exactly. sound asleep. Exactly. You know, exactly. And and when we turn on a fan, so it lull them to sleep. Mm-hmm. And we stay up and talk. Oh yeah. And just share the Word of God forever. Because we found and it was we didn't thrilling. Have to, yeah, we didn't have to be beggars, right? To live, and none of us had this. any money. No, none, money. <laughs> we were just starting the ministry, we wanting, to, no wanting to act, live by faith, wanting to, wanting to. You know, we felt like Faith One Hundred and One said, "You don't, you don't ask for a place to preach, exactly. and you don't tell your needs to anybody. So you're not beggars. You just went to. You God don't, you don't hint. You don't hint. You don't." You don't. You, you don't just, manipulate nope. the sad story. You just believe God. So living by faith was exciting to us. Yes. And by the way, it still is. And it sure and is. And now we've proved it over half a century. We're still alive. That it works. It. Yeah. You know, Deuteronomy four. We said this so many times. We think it's such a profound chapter. But it, in there, Moses addresses the fact. He says, "You that are still alive. You that are still alive. This day." Have seen the power of God. We've come out of Egypt. And We've crossed know, the Red Sea. You know, Pharaoh's army's dead, and we're still alive. And that's how I see us, Terry. Yeah. You and I have mm-hmm. buried our spouses. Yeah. You buried a, a beloved child. Mm-hmm. We are still alive today mm-hmm. to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have all Absolutely. come. And, and it's going to be the grace of God that brought us through, and the grace that'll lead us on. And something I've said for many years, I actually heard it first from Wayne Myers, my spiritual father, who's a hundred years old now. Uh, he said years ago, he said, "If if we knew, yes. it's about being smart. Oh my God! If we knew, good. if the, if the average person in the world knew, five minutes before he died." What he learns five minutes after he dies, then hell would be empty and he- heaven would be full. Nobody'd go to hell. If you if if you could if you could look into look into hell and see and see where you were headed, what was going to happen? Yeah. If you knew if you knew five minutes before you took your last breath, what you'll know five minutes after you take your last breath, then hell would be empty. Nobody'd go there. I believe, Terry, if you put that on five billboards in every town. Wouldn't that be great? If we could find people that would support. If there's some millionaires or people with money that want to support you know, some billboards. If God has blessed you. Not for profit, not for us. Terry and I have a have a plan to put on billboards around the country to that that phrase and one other scripture that it, and and we make the message simple. If we started putting billboards up like that mm-hmm. around the mm-hmm. nation, people would literally be running t- to Jesus. Oh, I think so. I think so. I think so. And, and it's time we start doing some of those kind of evangelistic things. Where I mean, you know, in the old days, you'd have some of these wealthy businessmen that, yes. that said, "I, I want to do something for the gospel. I want to, I want to help ministries. I want to help preachers. I want to help help get the word out." And they'd put billboards up, or they'd support evangelistic yeah, crusades yeah. or campaigns or well, we things like that. One uh, eight eight that you have preached on so many years. Uh, that as long as the earth remains, absolutely, there'll be seed time, seed and time and harvest, day and night, day and night, heat and cold, Sun, heat and cold, summer, summer and winter. Those are four unchangeable, incapable <laughs> of change, immutable laws that God gave Noah after they came out of the ark. He said, "This is the way it's going to be." That Here. would shut down this fear of climate change. Oh yeah. And then we put, if you knew five minutes 
before you're saved, what you knew five minutes after you say we put after those you after you down. die. Uh, you know, send me. You're tired. <laughs> yeah. You're weary. You're worn. Well, we're about to run out of time. I know. We have been talking. Hey, about it's this a good book though. Pulling out strongholds, you'll learn a lot from it. Strongholds. It's. I mean, it's going to bless your life, and we are so excited about that, and we are so thrilled that God has allowed us to work for him, Terry. Oh, thank God. What a tremendous thing. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due season by casting all our care over. Exactly. He's going to take care of it. And we must reach the lost, not just teach the taught, but we must reach the lost. Evangelism, soul winning, missions. The lost. Hallelujah. Get the gospel to the world. Well, our time is gone for today, and we've been honored to be with you. And until next time... More Than Conquerors program always wants to remind you that you are More Than Conquerors. Bye-bye. I read Terry's stories about he ended up being in Mexico being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith.